Hey friends, it's Jenna Overbaugh here. I'm a licensed professional counselor and I'm here to help you do all the hard things, including busting through your fear, intrusive thoughts, and worry so you can live your best life. Some of my earliest memories were being anxious and I lived my life that way until I learned more about OCD and anxiety. Since then, I learned as much as I could and I've been helping people overcome their fear and worry since 2008. Over the years, I've acquired some of the best education, training, and empowerment tools to help you understand your brain a little bit better and to finally overcome all of that fear that's been holding you back. Now, if you're ready to learn more, let's get to it. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of All the Hard Things. I am super excited for this episode today. Just reading her story and hearing what it is that she wanted to come on and talk about, I was like, yep. I need to have that conversation like selfishly for my own self. I'm really excited and honored to be able to hopefully hold space for this person. Would love to just have you jump right in and introduce yourself. Tori, thank you so much for being here. If you could just give us a brief background as to maybe when you started to notice that something was off, when you started to struggle, and then how you came to be here today. Okay, dokey. Hello. So my story basically starts when I, nine years ago, probably 10 years ago now, when I was pregnant with my first son and I had been through IV for a couple of years and I was really anxious in my pregnancy that something was going to happen to the baby. But everybody kept telling me that it was really normal and that... <sighs> Yeah, that it was really normal and that it was quite common with IVF pregnancies. And so I didn't really think too much about it. And then as the pregnancy went on, I noticed that getting in the car and going places further out of my town were getting harder and harder because I was worried we would have an accident or something like that. Now, the bearing in mind, I had never had any mental health issues before this I had never had anxiety I'd never had random worries or anything like that so I just thought that it came along with being pregnant and then had the baby and I was setting my alarm every 15 minutes when he was asleep overnight to check him because I was worried that he was going to stop breathing even though we had a baby monitor and Anyway, I about five weeks later, I started having really intrusive thoughts that I was going to do something to hurt him. And then it just blew up from there, really, that I was spending probably 90% of my waking day absolutely anxious that I was going to do something to harm my baby. And there's lots of bits in between. But anyway, I, with the help of a psychologist, I managed to manage this um, and moved on and ended up having another baby now and having a very similar experience when I was pregnant, but I was able to get onto that really quickly. And here I am with a wee six month old on the other side of it all. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's just from so many different angles. This is why when I saw your email of what you wanted to chat about, Like, absolutely. So the first thing that stands out is you didn't really have any red flags, right? Like you didn't really have any kind of mental health conditions before. So you were really taken by surprise here. 
I, yeah. I'm curious just from your perspective, did you realize that it could be OCD? Like at what point did things start to click for you that like this was not normal and that this was actually OCD? Well, I, when I had my first son, I, because I was so severely anxious, I actually ended up under, in New Zealand, we have the maternal mental health department and they took me under their wing and I had a nurse that was coming to visit me every week. It didn't help at all because they all were just saying to me that it was anxiety and, um, were trying to convince me to take medication. And so I ended up taking an antidepressant, which I had a reaction to. Um, I, I had, um, serotonin syndrome, which is really rare apparently, but I ended up with that as well. And so I actually ended up going to an emergency psychiatric unit in a city close to where I live. I didn't end up being an inpatient, but I saw the resident psychiatrist there and he was like, no, you don't need these. You're good. You're just like an anxious new mom. And so I was like, oh, yay, that's great. I'm, I'm going to be great. And so for a couple of days, I was on this real high. Oh, no, he's told me I'm all good and I'm just an anxious new man. And then it just came crashing down again. And I actually started researching myself on the internet what was going on because I just couldn't. I was like, I've heard of people having anxiety before and I've never heard of people having these like wild, crazy, intrusive thoughts. And I come across an article about OCD and I was like, oh my gosh, I think that's by him. Um, and I talked to my mum about it and she's absolutely, that's exactly what's going on. And so we looked in to see a psychologist privately and I saw him this was quite a while after my baby was born as well. I can't remember exactly the time, but... I had been living with this. I look back now and I'm like, oh my goodness, how did I get through <laughs> every day? <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. I thought that I, like, I, every day I looked forward to going to bed because I knew that I was going to get some relief when I went to sleep. But yeah, he never actually said to me that it was OCD. I broached it with him and he was like, would it help you if it had a label? And I said, yeah. And he goes, yep, that's exactly what's going on. And, um, as soon as I had that understanding of what was happening to me, it, honestly, it was like a switch went off and I just started my path to recovery. Yeah, there's something that's so impactful and just monumental about having that label. I know for some people, it can be, in general, I think it can be like a mixed emotion type of thing, right? Like it's sad and you have to process it. But at the same time, it's, wow, this isn't me. I'm not just a yeah. happy mom. I'm not just yeah. crazy. I'm not dangerous. This is actually a thing. And I'm so yeah. glad you had that urge and had that kind of whatever it might, whatever you want to call it, to go online and seek it out because unfortunately, yeah. I'm not surprised that even there, I'm not surprised that you right. were diminished, right? Oh, you're yeah. Yeah. Mom, you're just an anxious new mom. That happened to me. It happens so often. I know even despite me being an OCD and anxiety specialist and my OBGYN knowing that, 
when I first came about and I first talked about my intrusive thoughts and my scary thoughts, my doctor's recommendation at the time was to just let my son have his pacifier and this welcome to motherhood kind of situation, nudge on the shoulder, welcome to motherhood. And yeah, I know you had said for you, it was okay. Like I'm just normal mom anxiety. That's fine. To me, when someone said that to me, I was like, I can't. No, like that's a ball and live that way forever. I can't accept this forever. I can't just accept that I'm just an anxious mom. Like I'm going to lose my mind. So yeah, I was the same. Yeah, Yeah. I said that to my mom. I was like, I remember we went for a walk one day and I said to her, I don't know how much longer I can go on like this. Like I, I just, I guess because it was also such a fast transition for me from being like normal whatever that is to having these intrusive thoughts like it was literally overnight and I was like what is going on like I was normal happy Tory yesterday and today I'm spending 90% of my day worried that I'm going to hurt my baby yeah and the isolation and the shame and the guilt that comes from that Mm -hmm. especially as a new mom the reason why you had mentioned no one had ever told me about these thoughts before like I'd never heard Mm -hmm. anybody I've heard of moms having anxiety but I've never heard of moms Mm -hmm. having thoughts before the reality is that it's not that the moms and new parents don't have those thoughts it's that they have those thoughts Mm -hmm. just don't talk about it because no one else exactly about it so it's like this what came first, the chicken or the egg type of thing. And we know exactly. Now, yeah. We know now because of research that we've done, when we ask parents anonymously, they pretty much with 100% say, yes, I've had those thoughts before, but we would never mm-hmm. say that because we're terrified that we're going to be put away or put in an institution yep. or have our child taken away. Yep. And that you were in a psychiatric unit. That's a big deal. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Just the relief that you must have felt having to go through all those barriers of finding that private psychologist, but the relief you must have felt. Yeah. So talk to me through that about that process, right? It seems like it was pretty sudden when you got that label, you finally knew what it was. So then what? Like what talk take me back to that day and what happened that well, I obviously had no understanding of OCD treatment anything like that I just had this label and I I have to say the psychologist that I saw was he was just incredible he never actually talked to me though about what type of treatment he did explain to me that he was doing a bit of CBT but I think he was going further than that because I think back to some of the the things that he was doing with me and it's absolutely exposure like I remember I went through a stage where I was afraid to bust my son or anything like that because I might sexually abuse him and his um his and then so then I was scared of taking him to the pool or we have a lake where we live I was scared of taking him to the lake and and him being nude without any pants on or anything like that even at home and private and he I remember the psychologist bringing in articles from magazines or newspapers of children that were just swimming or something like that making me feel the discomfort obviously in a safe place 
so I think there was little bits of exposure that he was doing without me even realizing it and that's what changed my life because I was having these exposures as well as talking to him but once that started my recovery just sped up exponentially like I'd spent a really long time feeling terrible and then I was noticing that I was having less time during the day worried and and I was just spending less time of my day feeling anxious basically yeah oh my gosh I can't even imagine I can in a way like I've been there obviously myself but I have always been so grateful because I always knew what it was like I Mm -hmm. had been studying OCD for years at that point so I knew what it was but it didn't negate how awful it felt and how real it felt to me yeah like I even imagine like walking around with this in your brain and like those that all the feelings that I had with the added layer of not knowing what it was that is just terrifying to me yeah so glad that you found this person I'm so glad that Mm. the act of doing these exposures even if you didn't know that they were exposures that really is what kind of saved your life so yes forward to nine nine years First of all, mm-hmm. I'm curious, before we get into talking about your new baby and that experience, mm-hmm. what's your OCD like or what's your relationship like with your your now nine-year-old? Interestingly, it's amazing. Like I went to see numerous people when he was a baby for my anxiety and OCD. And I remember all of them saying that I had a really strong bond with him. And I do look back and I'm so proud of myself for pushing through the fear to be the mum that I wanted to be. Yeah, I'm really proud of myself. I It took me about two years to be able to look at photos from the time that he was a baby because I was just so sad. I felt like I had missed out on so much because of this. But actually, when I did feel brave enough to look at the photos, I was like, oh my gosh, there's so many photos. And I I, I did it. I, I was the mum that I wanted to be, even though I was struggling internally so badly. Yeah. Yeah. I, re- I resonate with that. I think it goes by so fast and so slow at the same time. Mm, yeah. I... I get those little reminders every day on this is where you were four years ago, or this is where you were five yeah. years I don't remember a lot of it. And it's, mm-hmm. or I look back on those pictures and I remember not being there. Like I remember, yeah. I don't know. I remember like at his first birthday party and you can see in all the pictures, my, my chest is so red because I was just so anxious the entire time. Yeah. It's just, it's sad in a way to look back, but yeah, we made. Like I, we I, might think, I think obviously everyone listening probably knows this, right? OCD latches onto what it is that you value most. And yeah, I'm not surprised at all that you ended up having a really great, really close bond with your baby back then and mm-hmm. up until now, right? I'm not surprised at all because we value that relationship yeah. so much. And it's the, it's like the one thing that we're not willing to tolerate uncertainty about. And so that's why mm. it gets to us so much. Wow. That's beautiful. You decided to try again after eight or yeah. nine years and mm-hmm. it have been a really big decision. I know for me like that, I mean, for anyone, it's a hugely loaded decision, especially with 
you had mentioned like struggling to conceive in the beginning. I'm curious, talk to me about when you had realized that you were pregnant again, what your pregnancy was like, all of that. Yeah, so this was, this little guy, he is an IVF baby too. And I was elated when I was, when I got pregnant. And I was just so excited for the first few months. And I got to about six months and I was, okay, I started feeling, started noticing that I was having some checking behaviors, like things like when I would go to the bathroom, I would check for blood or, and things like that. And I said to my husband, or I feel like I'm going down a bit of a wormhole here because I'm starting to notice these behaviors. And I think that was a good thing that I was noticing them. <laughs> Sorry, it's in the background there. Um, but I... I didn't really do anything about it. I just thought, oh no, I'll be all good. I know what this is now. I will, I'll be fine. I'll like, if it really flees up, I know what it is. I know what to do. I'm going to be all good. And the, I ended up reading an article about a girl that I had known in high school who had died by suicide and she was a new mum and I just all of a sudden intrusive thoughts again that it just it just took me took me over overwhelmed me that was going to happen to me and I couldn't function I was again spending all day worried about this absolute mess went to my GP they knew my history but even then they were just like this is just really severe anxiety and I was like no and unfortunately the psychologist that I had had nine years ago he had retired so I couldn't go to see him and I was like what am I gonna do and I was googling OCD specialists because I knew that that's what it was and I really wanted somebody specific to help and there's just nobody in New Zealand that I'm aware of and I've done extensive looking into it but nobody that's like specific OCD therapist there's people that say that they are, but then when I ask them what their methods are, they don't they don't say ERP or anything like that. It's still CBT based stuff. So then that I leads me to yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean that I guess that's where you come in, Gina, because I was on Insta- I was looking on Instagram at the same time, thinking, you know, can I find somebody who's got an account that might help me or whatever and I think it must have been around the same time that you were launching yourself I'm not sure about that but it was around October last year or I think I don't know I don't even know how I found yours I think it was within a hashtag or something like that and I just was like oh my goodness this is what I've been looking for and honestly like within a few weeks I was able to manage what was happening. Like my, I was, it was incredible. That's so crazy. Just, Thank goodness for that hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> I know because I had found a couple of Australian accounts and I had, they were really triggering for me. Like they, they had lots of stories about mums that were in psychiatric units and things like that. And that's awesome, but they didn't really have any 
it was like it was great to read those stories but they didn't have any practical things that were going right. to help me and that's what to, I found it's one thing to be exposed to those stories but then it's okay what do you do about it then if you just yes. do all the rituals then you're not doing anything differently than what you were doing before exactly What you're hearing sounds kind of a little bit too right up your alley and you haven't checked them out yet. I want you to go after this episode and check out my master classes. No more band-aids for OCD and anxiety. We are going to conquer this thing once and for all together. And yes, with or without a therapist, I have master classes available on my website that start at $27. I am here for you. You can go to my website right now, www.jennaoverbaughlpc.com and click masterclasses. These are all based on evidence-based strategy that works and they are truly the perfect blend of education, motivation, and step-by-step strategies that you can use right away. So again, go to www.jennaoverbaughlpc.com slash masterclasses. Two crowd faves, just so you know, are the OCD and anxiety cycle and ERP basics. When you want to learn more about OCD and anxiety, this masterclass is the answer to finally understanding all of your confusing and paralyzing thoughts. By the end of these masterclasses, you are going to feel so much less alone and you'll be like, oh my God, finally someone gets it. So many people who have been in treatment for years took the OCD and anxiety cycle masterclass and told me that they still learned so much. Then we have the ERP basics masterclass. That's for when you're actually ready to take action with OCD and anxiety. And that is ultimately your best starting point. You're going to get all the information that you need to start implementing actionable steps right away. No longer is ERP going to seem like the paradoxical and totally freaking backwards intervention that you probably think it is. It will make so much sense. And by the end of it, you may just be a little bit excited to get started. So head to my website, www.jennaoverbaughlpc.com slash masterclasses to get started. Yeah, just. And then I signed up for a couple of your classes, your master classes, and yeah, just life changing again. I just like the layering of what I had been through and then finding you and yeah. And so now, yeah, so I went through and I'm not saying that it was perfect, but I was still having a lot of anxiety, even in the hospital when I was having the baby, I was having thoughts like, oh my God, what if he comes out and I don't want him? I said that to my husband and he was like, oh my God, you're ridiculous. But I was still having these thoughts and it's um, so real. Yeah, it does. It really feels so real. And then honestly, the moment that he came out, I was just like, oh my gosh, what was I worried about? Yeah. <laughs> what was he worried? What was I worried about? And I'm, I still have thoughts every day, multiple times a day, even six months on, but I'm able to manage them. I'm like, yep that could happen or yeah that's those things do happen or you're just not giving in to them it sounds so easy I and I feel bad saying it was just like a light bulb but you have to put in the work yourself as well it wasn't just for me like I found Jenna and I was instantly cured and that's not what it is at all it was that I had to teach myself again to not ritualized because for me all of my rituals are mental and so I was trying to think of ways that I could stop thinking of this and I just had to stop I just had to say to myself 
Tori, this could happen. You could end up on a psychiatric unit with your baby. This, you could end up really depressed. You could this, you could that. And once I started accepting it, I guess my brain just realized that it wasn't as eerie. And so I, it wasn't focusing on it so much. It's so backwards and it's so oh, paradoxical. I remember I would always... I really wanted to know that my son was not going to die before me. Like I, yeah, know, yeah. Like, if I just Google a little bit more and I, I know yeah. every TED talk that exists on every mom who ever lost her baby, like I yeah. have listened to all of it. Like I have, I have spent the first three years of Eli's life planning for his death is what I always say. I know, I know. Um, and I remember the first time that I told and opened up to my husband about it, and I was like, I'm just so scared that like he could die before us. And he just very stoically said he could. <laughs> and like, yeah. in a way, it broke my heart. It broke me. But in a way, yeah. it yeah. like allowed me to finally stop holding my breath. Yeah. Oh, my God. You're right. He totally could. Like, he totally yeah. could. And probability, do possibility doesn't mean probability and blah, blah, blah. But it's yeah. like. I don't know if you've ever heard me talk about this concept of the second best life, but yes, I have. Yeah. John Grayson. John Grace came up with the concept of the second best life and how essentially an OCD, whether it's with postpartum OCD, harm OCD, contamination, relationship, whatever it is, OCD has you chasing some type of fantasy where like you want to be 100% sure that you're not going to be psychotic and that you're not going to go into a hospital. And I want to yeah. be 100% sure that my son would not die before me and other people yeah. want to be 100% sure that they're not going to get sick and other people want to be 100% sure that they're with the right person, but that's not possible. Like we will never, ever know that with 100% certainty. We can have mm -hmm. confidence. We can be, have faith in ourselves. We can have trust. We can not go and answer those questions the same way that we yeah live our life every day and we don't answer questions right the same way mm -hmm. that we get in, I always say we get into a car and we don't ruminate about that necessarily we just get in the car even though we could die right yes that's right we have to get we have to relinquish and mourn there is truly like this mourning aspect of it where yeah. you have to mourn yeah. that fantasy and that's why I say like I it broke my heart it broke me to hear that like you can grieve that fantasy and then you yeah. can start to breathe again because you get to now live your second best life, which in a lot of ways is better because it's actually achievable. Yeah. To me, like that's what I hear from you is that you are living the heck out of your second best life and you have understood and came to the recognition that's a fantasy and you're not going to pursue that fantasy anymore because you just end up going in circles. Totally. And like why I... I can't explain, and I think it's really important for anybody who's listening to this and thinking, oh, it just sounded so easy for her. Like, it wasn't. It really wasn't. Like, I remember sitting in my son's room nine years ago thinking, I'm going to feel like this forever. Like, I'm on his fifth birthday, I'm going to feel like this. Like, it was consuming me. It was consuming my days. And I remember thinking, I don't want to even... If I can get through this, I don't want to have these thoughts. I don't want to have these feelings. That's the dream for me. That's the goal. And I think once you let go of that, yeah, as you say, fantasy, 
you just you just throw leaps and bounds ahead because it's not reality and every single person in the world has intrusive thoughts it's just unfortunate that people with OCD ruminate and replay the same thoughts in their head over and over and we yeah and it seems like you just like I did just so many other people who have OCD we take responsibility for those thoughts right yeah oh yeah about my child when he was naked oh my gosh what does that mean about me oh my gosh I had that thought I had that image about my son when he was in the bathtub I can't do that yeah it's just how it starts with people they allow that to come and go totally like I would say to my husband is this how it starts with people that harm their children like they have these thoughts and then they don't they act on them and he was like no but obviously that's not reassuring for somebody with OCD but that's where your brain goes you're like because I'm having this thought does it mean that eventually I'm going to do this thing and 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 you find ways to 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 what's the word I'm trying to think of it's like you're trying to find reasons why you're right. Yes. Trying to, try to make it bigger narrative. Absolutely. Like, surely I've had this thought. Like, normal people don't have these thoughts. There must be something wrong with me. I must be going to do this one day. I don't want to do it, but it must mean something. But it really doesn't. Like, it's it, you are the opposite of your thought. I really, truly believe that about myself now. Like, the thoughts that I have, the wild, crazy ones, I'm like, wow that is so far from me and I, I can do that now because I've I'm I'm on the recovery path but I think that's such an important thing for people to remember like you said before OCD comes after the things that you value the most and if you are able to think to yourself but uh, this is OCD trying to trick me because it knows that I love this thing and that's helpful too but I'm almost I'm hearing that you are really good and you've probably practiced a ton, like stepping away, right? Yeah. I don't know whether you have learned this or whether you call it this, but it's almost like a diffusion strategy. Like uh, you step back and instead of claiming a thought as your own and of your own manufacturing, you can step back and see it from an observer's perspective and say, oh, yeah, having that thought, like that's not necessarily me or indicative of my values. Like I'm just having that thought. And that's really powerful. Yeah, it is powerful. And I think the psychologist that I saw with my first baby, he said to me that just because you have a thought doesn't mean that it's true. And he gave me a little homework one day and he said, Go home and as you're going about your day, try and take notice of the thoughts that you're having and how many of them are true and how many of them are not. And it was a really interesting exercise because I had just been thinking to myself that the wild intrusive thoughts were the only thoughts that I were having that I didn't want to have. But actually when I did that homework, there was things like, I don't even know. Like, the one that comes oh, to my mind is like being behind somebody who's like walking really slow. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. oh my God, will you just hurry up? I'm going to run your ass over. Exactly. And then I'm like, okay, yeah. this is like an old guy. Come on. Yes. Yeah. That, exactly that sort of thing. So you're having all of these thoughts all of the time, but it's just hooking on 
OCD is just hooking on to what's important to you. So yeah, it, it was super interesting because I was having so many other random thoughts throughout the day that were probably of the same nature, but just I wasn't hooking onto them in the same way because they didn't hold the same value or meaning to me. You could let them go. But this one, when it comes yeah. to me, like I remember like the phrase that always would come up mentally for me is the stakes are too high. The stakes are too high. The yeah. stakes are too high. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. that thought about that old guy walking really slow. I can let that go. I don't really care about yeah. it. I think about that old guy, but what I care. Oh my God, my kid. No way. Yeah. Yeah, I can't, I can't let that one go because it's my precious baby. Oh my gosh. I resonate so much with everything that you've said. Oh my gosh. This is exactly <laughs> what I, you're going to help so many people. These stories are so impactful because like you said, we just don't talk about it enough. So we need no. to talk about it more. As we wrap up here, I would love to hear. I know what you've said. Like I honor so much of everything that you have gone through and I love that you know, as much as I would love for everybody to have an OCD specialist and somebody who knows what they're doing and someone you could work with one-on-one, like you did the work. You made no, there are no excuses. Like you worked extra hard and you did everything that you possibly could with what you had available to you and you did Mm -hmm. the work. So I'm Mm -hmm. sure people out there are wondering too, what are maybe two or three things in addition to maybe what you've already said? Like what what are two or three tips or things that you really attribute to your continued success and your recovery? I think, first of all, I would definitely speak to your close family and and give them some information about OCD. If you have something available in New Zealand, we have a, there's a, like a perinatal mental health association and I found a really amazing flyer that explained it. And so, that was really great for them to understand what was going on for me because I think sometimes it's really hard for your loved one to see you in so much distress and not really be able to understand it. So I think having that little bit of support or even if it's a close friend, just one person even, that you can say, I'm having a really bad day today and that, and they're not going to judge you or, or anything like that. They know what's happening. Um, I think just mindfulness has been really helpful for me. And when you have OCD, it's like the last thing that you think you're ever going to be able to do because you're lying there, like noticing your thoughts and you're like, yep, I'm having like 50 million crazy thoughts right now. I'm never going to be able to stop them. But actually that just that little bit of practice and noticing your thoughts and being detached from them has been really helpful for me as well as being relaxing I think when you are an anxious person or have anxiety and you're always when you're in the depths of it and you just feel like it's never going to go away just even just like one or two minutes of mindfulness has been really helpful for me and just yeah that social media is a really interesting one for me because it's triggering in some ways but it's also really helpful in others and I think if you can find a tribe on social media that get you and you feel part of that I think that's really helpful too I just can't even explain what it was like to find Jenna and the people that were members of her Instagram page because it was like oh my god there's just like all these people who 
And what would I'm going through theory exactly the same as me and just knowing that you're not alone, I think. Because I would just I just can't even imagine what it would be like to have a support group that you could rock up to once a month and talk to people who are in the same boat. That would just be that's like gold tears for me. And it's just something that's not possible where I live. And but finding something like that online, if you can, is would be a really good idea to as well I think yeah for sure this was so beautiful I am so just lit up by our conversation I cannot wait to share it with the world I know it's going to help so many new parents out there thank you so much for your vulnerability I am just cheering you on so hard I thank your hard work I honor your commitment to get better and I just really see a lot of myself in you. So thank you so much for letting me hear a little bit of your story today. I so appreciate you. Oh, and you, Gina, like the work that you are doing for the OCD community is just incredible. I think this is a new wave that's going to make such a difference. And I just, yeah, I really honor you as well. And I thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. It would mean the world to me if you would take a quick minute to please give it a review. And while you're at it, check out my website at www.jennaoverbaughlpc.com to sign up for my free email newsletter that includes an instant free downloadable PDF to help jumpstart your OCD and anxiety recovery journey. You can also find me on Instagram or TikTok at jenna.overbaugh. If you liked what you listened to here, you can download some of my workshops and courses on OCD, anxiety, and treatment at my website as well. Thank you so much again for tuning in. And until next time, keep doing all the hard things.